The following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. Um, so, he, so he goes on to say, other definitions of transgender also include people who belong to a third gender or conceptualize transgender people as a third gender. Inf infrequently, the term transgender is defined very broadly to include cross-dressers. Being transgender is independent of sexual orientation. Transgender people may identify as heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, asexual, or may consider conventional sexual orientation labels inadequate or inapplicable. Um, the term transgender can also be distinguished from intersex, a term that describes people born with physical sex characteristics that do not fit typical binary notions of male or female bodies. Okay, so now, I think, as we mentioned many times before in this class, this what's what I find, one of the most amazing things I find as um, studying Torah is that the Torah addresses every single topic. So you think like something like this, this is a... Uh, a 90s topic or you know something for our millennial it doesn't didn't exist many years you know hundreds thousands of years ago but everything is in the Torah so the so I found there's a not term transsexual but the Talmud um, deals extensively in the Gemara with two terms the Talmud uses one is tumtum and androgynous which yes. is actually related to um, to the holiday of, Shur of Shurs because uh, the, in the last in the last chapter of Bikurim, you know where you going? Bathroom. Out to the left, to the right, all the way to the left. Um, this is different. These are physical. Yes, yes, yeah, we're gonna, yes, you're right. So those Tumtum and Dragonus, are you familiar with these terms? Tumtum and Dragonus? Ruben. Familiar with these terms? Tumtum and Dragonus. Tumtum and Dragonus. So, so, so the, it's basically the two things that Talmud deals with. This is not a new thing. It's not so uncommon. I believe one in 100,000 babies are born with something called uh, ambiguous genitalia, which means they, they're born and it's not clear if they're male or female. They have something protruding, but it's not completely male genitalia. Um, they have female characteristics, so it's what we call ambiguous genitalia. It's not uncommon. Um, and then there's, of course, androgynous, which means they have both male and female genitalia. I don't know how common that is. That might be less common. But in either case, it is not so uncommon. Mm. And um, the Talmud deals with it. What's the halacha? How do you, halachically, how do we treat these people? So there's a whole chapter in, in Mishnayis, in Mishnah Bikurim, which is relevant to Shavuos. But the last chapter deals with this concept known as tumtum and adrogonus. Um, and what, halachically, how we consider them. Are they considered male, female? Um, and as we'll see, those are the options here. I remember when I, when I came to Houston, uh, must be, I mean, I've been in Houston 18 years, but it's probably 15 years ago, it was one of the, when Yad Federation's Young Adult Division started, so, so one of their first events was called Raw, raw Fish, and Rabbis and Raw Fish. Um, it was in somewhere downtown in a hotel, and they had a panel of rabbis, it was conservative, orthodox, reform, Chabad, and, uh, and Chabad is their own, own denomination. So they so said all four, five rabbis. I was the Orthodox rabbi. There was a panel discussion on medical ethics, and each rabbi basically spoke for 10 minutes on a, chose a topic, spoke for 10 minutes, and then um, and then the other rabbis responded with different views. So it was all the boring topics, you know, brain death, one rabbi spoke about it, 
each rabbi spoke about, you know, uh, kidney transplant, you know, uh, organ donation. So I spoke about uh, gender reassignment, meaning sex change, and then we didn't call it gender reassignment. 15 years ago, it was sex change surgery. Mm -hmm. So my line, when I got up, I started, I said, everyone's wondering why is the Orthodox rabbi speaking of uh, sex change? You know, so I said, it's really only relevant in Orthodox. Because if you're a reform, conservative, it doesn't make a difference. Women, man, you, well, you know, you can dive and you can lead the service, you can read the Torah. You know, it doesn't make a difference. The only, uh, you know, denomination it makes a difference in is in Orthodox. So mm -hmm. That's why I'm speaking, that's why I'm discussing the top. So, um, it didn't go over so well. But, um, so, so, the, so, so what I came up here with a list. It's just a partial list of halachic issues that would be relevant to this question of transgender and also changing gender, um, gender reassignment. So one is... Was actually changing... Having surgery, where you become a member parts. of the opposite gender, yeah. yes. Okay. Changing out the parts. You're a plumber, you should be changing yeah. the plumber. <laughs> changing the plumbing. That's actually, I'm going to talk about that. One of the things I... I'm going to talk about that in a second. But in everything in, in this world, we find male and female. Right? Every part, plumbing part, is a male and female. It's a female. male female, right? yeah. There's no... It's a fascinating thing. I'm going to just get there in a second. I think is, is the Torah's view. Everything everything has a male female version. Yeah. Not just humans. Everything in the world. Mm -hmm. So so question number one, the key question of this topic is how do you define gender? Meaning so we understand the always the simple uh, assumption is, you know, you look at the plumbing, you look at the genitalia. Is a male, is a female, right? So but there's there's so many other parts and other factors in, in male and female. Right, is it the, that's what I put here, is it the outward genitalia, is it the sexual orientation? Is it hormonal or genetic makeup? Right, today, hormones, there's completely different hormones. Today we know also there's X and Y chromosomes. There's chromosomal differences between males and females. So a person, a human can have male or female genitalia, but have different chromosomes. That's, that medically is possible. So is that person defined as male or female? Okay, so there's, there are many different factors um, in male and female descriptions. So which one does halacha use to define a male and female? That's going to be the key question here. Um, so, you know, just because I feel like a, a female trapped in a male body, does that make me female? No. Or even if I get tested and I have, you know, different chromosomes, I have hormones, female hormones, does that make me female? How does it work? So that's question number one. Can I ask a science question? I don't know if I can help has you. Has there been a study in regards to people who feel they're they're the wrong gender, that there has been a chromosomal test. Yeah, not chromosome, but hormonal issues hormonal. for sure. Hormonal for sure. They have, okay, yeah. so I mean, even by the way, I've seen a study on homosexuality on twins, I think it was, ident it was identical twins, or mm -hmm. tw um, where, that's no, it's not identical because it says that twins that were in the same sack as a female, a male, they're prone to more cases of homosexuality because and female, they got extra female hormones um, in, in utero. So there have been studies done on that. So there's a greater chance of them, of them being homosexual. Talk about twins if there's a... Male and female. Male female yeah. so, so clearly there is um, hormonal stuff going on in, in a lot of these, surely in sexual orientation and so not just... Uh, halakhically, um, I hate to... I didn't mean to cut you off on that. But um, halakhically, do, do we... Um, accept homosexuality. So that's all the topic now for today. Much yeah. more charged topic, but 
No, I'm saying we don't. What do you mean? Do we set set? Does it exist? No, of course it exists. Yeah, I'm saying Torah yes, says it it's is. prohibited, so it's like so we okay, view it. Fine. So we're not going there, but it's like anything else in life. It's relevant so to it accepts that it is. Meaning it exists. The question is, is that, that doesn't mean you can act on your tendencies. Okay, fine. On the person's tendencies, meaning okay. that you just like anything else, you have to control. You know, you have to control. You don't. Okay. We don't deny its existence. That's a fact. What? Yeah. The question here is, well, we'll talk about this also. Um, okay. In this I case, understand. but so now the the, the relevant questions. Um, again, some of them sound funny, but it's not really funny. It's, it's, uh, I spoke to a rabbi in Boca last week who, who gave a class on this. I noticed online he gave a class. He didn't stop because I wanted to ask him if he has any material for me. So he told me that he called. He had someone initial totally from. He said the guy who was going to Dafiomi, totally from, married. And he came to, to this rabbi. He said that he's been hiding this for years. If he doesn't, he's not able to change, he's going to commit suicide. That's how bad it's gotten. He said he can't live, he's living a double life, and he has to change gender. It's a firm guy, totally firm. So uh, he said it's a real thing. He said he spoke, to, he called the POSEC about it, and uh, you know, he said a big gadol, someone, a big rabbi, he didn't want to tell me the name. So I have no premier, I can't tell you the name, but he said someone's accepted by all the communities, and he said that the guy told him he's been getting this question last, you know, year or so, like, Two, three times a week. I'm getting phone calls about it. So it's a series. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty serious. So, um, so the first question is first circumcision. This is really relevant if you, if you're someone who's going to have the operation, who's going to change their gender. So let's say females becomes a male, so do you now require, uh, do you have plastic surgery on the plastic surgery? You know. Okay. But it's not a real part. It's like... It's debatable, yeah. It's no, not no. original parts, as you would say in the industry. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have to manufacture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, I heard it's, it's like plastic tube. It's not. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it's yeah. not air Yeah. Well, it's gonna. It's an interesting question. Like, I put that down. And you say like shema a, in front of it. Yeah. Is there I don't a, know. Would you be able to say Krishna in front of the? Uh, I mean, it's a pump. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's there's like a pump. pump that pumps it up. Oh, but that's different. That's for yeah. the, to make it work. That to make the plumbing work. But the yeah. question is, is it if they're using, is they it take skin from a different part of the body. They don't. It's not just plastic. It's not like they go into storms. <laughs> uh, that's what I thought. No, I'm saying no. They take skin from other areas and they okay. use a tissue. Like a finger. The body tissue. No, it's, it's real tissue. So I'm okay. saying it's not. They form it, and what I'm saying, but it's like, not. Just I don't need my left leg anymore. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's number one. Number two, this is a this is a real question that I've seen addressed in the response from years ago. I'll tell you about it. There's a about a get, meaning, let's say a guy's married to a woman, and the yeah. woman now decides to have surgery, so she becomes a, a male now. Okay, do they are they do they have to get a get, meaning, or are they just automatically the marriage is annulled now he's married to a man. Okay. So, I would so think there's it's a moment to the marriage. Yeah, but you just told me it's nothing. She didn't really but change I'm, genders. I'm, I'm saying if is it did she change genders? Is she now male or not? Oh uh, yeah. No, I, I would think from if if it was a male turning into a female, then it would be annulled because when what I remember my father saying that as long as the penis is still intact. Then it is. Then whatever. It doesn't matter what's happening on the outside hormonally. It is still a male. As long as long no, as it's. No, I'm saying, but intact. just because you cut off someone's plumbing doesn't make it. Um, you know, you're not. No, you're not a male. If you cut your plumbing that's off. That's not you. true. I'm saying, luckily, I don't think that's true. It's castration. You can castrate someone. It's still a man. It's still male. Just because someone male is castrated doesn't make him yeah. not a male. That's true. 
you know, bab, we call it babatized, babatized, you know, before your days. You know, babatized? Babit, remember the guy Babit? Babit. It was a guy, his wife uh, got upset. The woman that did it? Way before my Before time. your time. <laughs> wife who got upset at her husband and she chopped it off. Oh, okay, fine. Doesn't mean he's not a male. Is I, I I thought differently. No, so it's it's two weeks ago. It's it's partial, my, 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 my father said even even if the the, the tip is your father is, an expert in this? Yeah, is he mold? He's a rabbi. Is he mold? Doesn't mean he's ex- no. <laughs> no, see, he, he said even if it's cut, or maybe you're not allowed to have sex. Maybe. Okay, that's, that's, yeah, that's really, yes, yeah. that's true. There's a lot. Fine, fine. He, if someone has damaged goods. And there's a problem of getting married. Yes, that's true. Okay, yeah. Maybe, definition. maybe that's, that's definition. it. has nothing to do with this. Okay, so now another question is, this is one for, uh, as we know, it's a controversial topic of, the, we make a blessing as males, Baruch HaTah Hashem, Shalom Okay. Yeah. And a female makes a different blessing, Shalom Hashem. So what happens if someone has an operation? What blacha do they make in the morning? So, okay, do they make Shalom Hashem? They can't say that because they have, they want Right, if they were a woman, now they're men. So they say Shalom Sadish. Right, so, so they do, there is. So it's so he has a chuv, he says there's a third Nusach. He says, I forgot the Nusach. Changes, he says. But um, so now, so by the way, I got about the get. So I'll tell you, so there's a, so there's a response from the Tzitzeliezer. This was where he's discussing this topic. And one of the things he says is about a get, and he brings a story from Yosef Pelagi, who was lived, he was chief rabbi of Baghdad, I would say, in the late 1700s, early 1800s. And he's, he doesn't give you the details there, but basically he had a case. He says, a guy came to him, this was the 1700s. And he says, uh, the guy came to him, he says, I married this woman, happily married for many years, and one morning my wife wakes up, and she, lo and behold, she has, uh, <laughs> she grew some. Okay, because when he comes to the rabbi, he says, doesn't know what, it doesn't say the details how it happened. It's just the response. It's again, 1700s. So it's just right. So, so by the way, this is relevant to what we were saying before. With these children who are born with ambiguous uh, genitalia, so many of them, um, as we're going to see, the cu- the medical uh, custom was, meaning told maybe 15 years ago, medical community would, if a child is born with what we call ambiguous genitalia, what they do is they just they just cut it off. It's a lot easier to make them to females. Right, and to make them to males, meaning because if the plumbing's not working, you gotta start, like you say, this pump. Very hard to to uh, copy God's technology. What about fertility? So, so, we get, we get that. so, so, the, so the point is, so what? the medical community would actually go ahead and it's just a lot easier to snip and cut right. than to build. Okay, so if a child's born with this ambiguous, until around 15 years ago, I read, I've read articles about it, medical journals, they just chop it off and they would, and they would give the child hormone, the child would be considered female. They realized later, but later on in life, because many of these children were actually males, so they were coming back, you know, having to go to therapy, and they're growing up, and they, they at some, in their adult life, or even, they, you know, uh, puberty and whatever it was, they were, a lot of them were having issues. Mm-hmm. They would start, you know, they, would, they wouldn't have a menstrual cycle, they'd come back, they didn't know that, and then even psychological issues. So the medical community realized and, uh, that they made a mistake, and they can't, no, they stop, it's no longer done that way, it's just female so now they depending on they'll, they'll try to work with the child depending on the situation and testing and see which way is the, is the proper way to go but so so we'll talk about that in a second but the the, the halachically that's a major problem so as we're going to see meaning which is the major problem 
cutting, as he said before, castrating is a biblical yeah. prohibition of castrating. Right. Castrating a male. Okay, and the Torah says, if you look in here, um, so verse number three, so it says like this. It says, one who's tested, this is a Pasuk, it was two weeks ago in Parshas Emor. The context is actually not human. It's fascinating. The context is carbonos, right. talking about sacrifices. The Torah says that you can't bring an animal as a carbon, as a sacrifice, to the base of Mikdash if it, it's damaged, if it has a defect. Right. And it has a whole long list of defects, not just uh, on genitalia, it's all types of defects. Any, any defect will invalidate it as a carbon. Not any defect, but anything on that list. It's around 22 defects or something. One of the defects is this verse. The Torah says, one whose testicles, is through, again, referring to an animal, whose testicles are squeezed, crushed, torn, or cut, you shall not offer to Hashem. Okay, okay? so it's a pretty, uh, so as an animal. So now the, 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 but then, listen to the last words in the Pasuk, in Pasha's Amar, it says, nor shall you do these in your land. Okay, nor shall you do this in your land. So the assumption there is, the Talmud says, that's saying that it's prohibited to do this act of castration, meaning to, to, te- to crush or tear or cut uh, the testicles is prohibited. It's a biblical prohibition to animals and it broadens it also to humans. You see from the next verses, to do this act. So by the way, this is a very practical halacha, very hard to keep because if you own a pet and you want to spray and neuter them, um, spay or neuter a cat or a dog, it's you're a big, not you're not allowed to halacha. Um, it's a big problem. So there are loopholes. Of course, Baruch Hashem, we have rabbis who can open loopholes because it's a big problem. It's not an old, it's an, it's an old problem. If you're a farmer, you're a rancher, what did you do? You know, in the times of the Talmud already. So the Talmud already discusses the loopholes is they would sell the animal to a non like you sell your chametz, so you sell your cow to uh, your bull to a non-Jew who then, and this is the custom today also, you, my brother had this, he had a cat, what he did was he gave it to his cleaning lady, to his uh, domestic help, who then brought it to the vet, who's not Jewish, and did the, did the spaying. So, so you have two steps, first of all, you, it's not yours, it's like you sell your chametz, no longer belongs to you. And number two is, it's what's called the Snyder of Nine. It means you're, you're two steps removed from it. Meaning as long as a non-Jew is bringing it to non, another non-Jew to do it, then it's not your problem. Um, it's not considered uh, what's called a Fnaiver. You're placing a stumbling block. Even though it might be, there's opinions that it's prohibited for a guy to castrate also. Even for a non-Jew. But since you're two steps removed from it, so that's not considered you're, you're causing them to sin. So that's the, what, what's done today, and I've spoken to because I've gotten this question a lot. As a matter of fact, I think I once told you the story. I once got a message from a guy. Did I tell you this? I mentioned it. He once was actually a guy from, uh, I think he lived in Baltimore at the time, but he owned this guy had a company, from guy, it seems like, who, uh, who had a company here in, in, uh, in the North Houston that they raised, he had a ranch where they raise uh, exotic animals for commercials used in the industry for commercials and things like that. Oh, okay. So, uh, so this guy called me up and he said, he left message he left me. I should have saved the message. Many years ago, he said, um, "I'm a grossman. I got your number from someone. I heard you're an expert in castration. <laughs> and, uh, you're very business <laughs> cards. Yes, I called him back. I said, uh, I don't know who told you I'm an expert in castration. <laughs> I can try to help you, but I'm not an expert in castration. So, uh, so he had a question with his animal, what to do. Yeah, I'm trying to remember what animal it was. It was a goat. I don't remember what it was, but it was going crazy, and they had, they had to castrate it. And um, so, the, so whatever, I told him this hetero, this is the hetero, uh, which is to bring it, to give, sell it to a non-Jew, and then brings it to the vet. 
Okay, it's a fin- there's a guy in Young Israel, if you met him, Steve Rubinowitz, a Jew, uh, from mm-hmm. Vet. Yeah. He works in the Marland uh, Clinic on Belfort. And he, the reason why he moved to Houston, he came from New York, from guy, is because he, he, two things. One is the main, that's their main day, is Shabbos, Saturday. That's their main business day. And number two is he, he because he's from, he couldn't do spaying and neutering, which is the main bread and butter of, of being a vet. So he, the only place he got a job here, they agreed to give to have him work. He wanted to come in Chavez, Smiling Clinic, and he doesn't have to do any spaying and neutering. So that's why he moved there, just because as, as you know, you never met him. Really yeah, nice guy. Sure, sure. So I actually recommend a lot of people go to him now. So if you come spaying and neutering, he, he gives it to you. He has a non-Jewish colleague there who does the spaying and neutering. <laughs> so, it's pretty close. Yeah, so, but we, I've, I studied with him. So now I actually am an expert because I studied with him. Studied for like a year and a half. All the relevant material, you know, and loopholes and how to, what you can do. What, a lot of different procedures today. You do a laser and what, what he would be able to do, what he can't do, etc. So, so without getting uh, too much into the topic, too graphic. But the point is, it's a biblical prohibition to, to, uh, to castrate a male at least, for sure a male, because the pasuk here is referring to male genitalia. So therefore, um, getting back to the, the question of, first of all, this would negate having surgery for a male, for sure, would be a biblical prohibition. So if a male wants to become a female, literally, in the literal sense, it would be an a biblical prohibition to have the surgery, because you have to be castrated, obviously, that's part of it. Snipping and cutting, so that's, that's a clear violation of this verse. Understood. Now, the opposite way, female is questionable. Um, almost most say it's only isidorabana. That means to, to uh, the word is not castrated, I forgot what the word is for female. Let's say uh, removing the, t- uh, there's a word for it. Um, I'm not sure what the word, I forgot the word, but the point is doing something which would, um, which would cause the female to be totally infertile, removing the, the, the internal organs, the tubes, and things like that, is for sure is the Rabbanan, according to most. Um, the Vilna, the Vilna Gaon says it's also the rice, even by female, it's still biblical prim. Um But he's the only one who, who holds like that, I believe. Okay, so so the point is, so to actually have the surgery is a big problem. And that's why you look at the bottom, it says, from where do we know that females are included in the prohibition of Sirius? Sirius is the Hebrew word for castration. The verse states, for their corruption is in them. There's a blemish in them. The next pasuk in Parshas Emmer says, "Meshchasam uh, bam." Okay, but Rabbi Yehuda says females are not included in the prohibition of Sirius. So the going, the Vilna Gaon is like the first opinion in the Sifri, the Sifra here in this Medrash, which says that even for a female, it's a, it's a biblical prohibition. So then, having the surgery would be problematic in either case. Actually, having the surgery. Okay, but that's not really our topic. Our topic is even before that. How do you define the gender? Question. This reminds me of a story because. One time I was in Thailand, I was sitting in the lobby of a hotel. There's a lot of them there, a lot oh, of yeah, right, yeah. Now, these three big guys about the size of Reuven or bigger. And they're walking, out, they come out of the elevator. I'm sitting in the lobby waiting for my ride. And there's these three guys come out of the elevator at different times. They're walking very gingerly. They look like death warm though. They look hard. <coughs> and they're like wearing shorts and a t-shirt. And you know they're walking and carrying one of these little pillows. You sit on the emeralds or whatever. So, I really didn't think anything of it. I said, yeah, fine, maybe they were hungover or something. I didn't know. I really didn't think anything of it. But I'm, I opened up the paper, you know, as I'm waiting, I see this huge one-page ad for this hospital in this town advertising a special on sex change. I said, 
then it clicked. <laughs> two more days, as two days later come by, yeah, that the back to wearing makeup again, and now they're dressing up as females. <laughs> Same guys. Hello. Shh. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So now, so 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 that's important to know. As far as the actual operation, it would be awesome. So just um, just a few more questions here. So if you see, so the questions count in a minion, meaning so even a transgender, meaning uh, obviously again, it would be dependent on this question how you define gender. If someone had the surgery, can we count them in a minion? Um, let's say male became female now, do we count them in a minion? Right, um, a question is, as someone mentioned before. Yeah, as we know, females are what's called putter from mitzvot aseish as mangram. It's all time-bound mitzvot. They're exempt from. They'd be part of the rove, or the uh-huh. other side of the rove. Don't you have to have, like, rove that can or something? I don't know. Yeah, but the question is, uh, what do you do? Yeah, I'm saying okay. it. And which side of the mechitz, of course, is sit on. Okay, so, so there really is, it's interesting, just as the Wikipedia said about transgender, that the Gemara discusses actually four options in the post four options as to how do we define this tumtum and adrogan. It's not transgender, but they actually, those are physical, and as Brian pointed out before, there's a difference. The tumtum and adrogonists have physical manifestations of, of male and female. Transgender is, has only male, uh, if, if they're male genitalia, now just in their mind they're thinking they're female. Okay, so, so there's a difference. But the point is there's four options here. You have either the male, part male, part female, suffix, what we call in halacha, doubt, no, no, because they're ambiguous. Or, and this is what, what sort of the Wikipedia mentioned, what, what the Gemara calls bria bifneat. That means there, it literally means a new creation. There's male, there's female, there's, there's something in between. Okay, so, so which is non-male, it's not, it's not male, it's not female, Allah. It's a new category, which is really what they were saying here. Um, the Wikipedia said that. Um, term, anyway, it says, uh, what it said here. I may consider conventional sexual orientation inadequate. Okay, so, so meaning they're not neither male nor female. That would be option number four, what's called, the Gemara calls Bria Bifneat. By the way, the, the halach is for Tumtum and is that they, we give them the Chumros of both. It means the stringencies of male and stringencies of female. Because they have to do all the mitzvot, uh, even time-bound mitzvot. But they can't marry... They can't marry Well, right, it's a problem. Well, two... Uh, right. If they marry a female, it might be less issues because there's no homosexuality. Right. So, but, um, so now, so I want to before we get to the practical. So, so just as far as um, just hashkafically, also it's important to know so two things. One is I really wouldn't say this to other people in the room, but I did find it's a fascinating thing that someone, this guy in Florida, sent me some fascinating Marmacom uh, sources of the the concept in halacha. So first of all, two things. I, I, this is my this is my point. I've seen the Torah, and I, that's why I quote the first pasuk in Bereshis. People don't know this when 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 Adam was created. So people think there was Adam in the famous story. If you see the movie, right, so take his talk her rib or whatever partner created female. But it's not the Gemara says it's not like that. The Gemara says the Medrash explains that he actually Adam was created as a hermaphrodite. The initial creation of Adam, he was male and female. Adam and Chava were one being, and then God separated them into two. Adam, Adam was supposed to reproduce. 
before the mates, right? Well, he complained that everyone else has a mate. I don't have a mate. But uh, no, we don't say God made a mistake. Uh, it's, no, that would be no, change his mind. I'm saying that. I'm saying in the sense, was Adam created his own male flow? Was he created to be able to reproduce it as this? It's a good question. I don't, I don't know how to answer that. But as the, if you look at the Medrash here, so it says, first the first passage, it says, God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Okay, so it's plural. Male and female, he created them. So, so the Medrash goes on to say, Rabbi Yemi Ben Elazar says, and the Holy One blessed me, he created Adam, he created him a hermaphrodite, bisexual, as it stated, male and female, he created them. That's why it's the plural language. And he called their name Adam. Okay, so we see that that's the Medrash is deducing from the language of the passage that they were created as a hermaphrodite, as a bisexual being. So it wasn't that God created Adam, who's male and male, and then he took his rib and now created Ham. He created Adam with both sexual organs, male and female. The front part was male, the front and the back was female. I don't know which direction they were. Or the opposite. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you turn them around. Yes. Usually, the, as we know, in Jewish marriage, females leading. The females what? Leading. So it was probably she was walking. Oh, yeah. was in the front. Okay, so... So, so, the, so but I want, what I want to propose is... is Throughout the Torah, you find this concept, and I mentioned this before, of male and female. And everything, if you look in the world, it's fascinating. Not anymore, the world's changing, but the world is very black and white. Not just in all animals, there's male and female. In every, and even in plants, you have male and females. There's nothing in the world that doesn't, yeah, like we said, even in plumbing. You go to Home Depot, you, you know, I, I don't know what the guy's talking about, the guy's, you want the male end or the female end? Right? What, what's his nephew's name? You go to Home Depot, I have no idea what uh, what the guy was asking. Do you want the male part or the female? Yeah. It's like in everything, in screws and wrenches. There's pushings, there's fittings. Or right, so, so meaning... A, a it's all a male end or a female end. Right. So, so a bushing has both, both a who, ends. A bushing? A bushing. What's so a bushing? You screw, it into a female, you screw it into a female and then it has a female end. So when you no, screw no, it into a female... That's a male, so it has a male right. and a female. It's, it's, an, it's androgynous part. Oh, okay, but most things in Home Depot are male and female. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay, so my point is that the Torah is very black and white. I mean, there's no concept. Knows what's happening today in our society, I believe, is we're trying to blur the lines between male and female. Like I'm saying it's post-gender. Now, do you know, you don't assign a gender. You want your kid, when they're born, give them Barbies, you know, let your, your male son start cooking and baking, you know, even non-child items. Right, so so the so the point is right. So we're trying to blur the lines. The Torah is very clear that there's differences between male and female, and they're important differences. They're not not that one's better or one's worse. Not the ones at a higher level. On the contrary, they complement each other. That's what male and female is. There's two unique types of beings in the world, and they they have to work together to complement each other. Right. So what, what's happening today is we're trying to blur those lines, I and mean, we started with the feminist movement, but. Nothing wrong with feminism. We're, we're, we're not. Torah never said women are 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 lesser. The contrary, they're different. Males and females are different, and they're they're but they're equal. Okay, that's that's the Jewish view. So so what's happening now is the blurring of the lines, male and female. It's clear from what I found throughout the Torah that you find very clear, distinct lines of male and female. Okay. By the way, that's also when um, um, they put it on the back here. Even cross-dressing is prohibited, as we know in the Torah. So that's another issue of transgender, which is, which is, um, e even if you don't have surgery, you're just dressing as a female is a biblical prohibition. Pagadish. Right, Pagadish. It's a passage that's recorded on the back here. It's a passage in Bamidvar. It says, uh, gever simosisha, a male shall not wear a woman's garment. And it's the opposite way too. It says, like, lo yilbash, 
um, sorry, Silbash, Isha, Gever, and Beged, Beged Ish. Okay, so I mean, there's a prohibition, it's, and by the way, it's very serious prohibition. It's not just in garments. As a matter of fact, the Talmud broadens this prohibition to be any act that's deemed a male act or a female act. For example, in the times, Texas, this doesn't work anymore, but in the times of the Gemara, it says if a female couldn't carry a, a spear or what, that was a male, it's not a form of clothing, but that's a male, male paraphernalia. Only males use weapons in those days. Today, you know, the Smith & Wesson makes a pink gun. You can get a pink pistol for your wife. And so that's, that's in our society. So it's subjective. This is it's an interesting so law. Yeah, the law is subjective to, to society, meaning, like for Bavad Yosef says very clearly, for example, a woman wearing pants today is not a problem in, in Western society. That is, there might be tzniyas issues, we're talking about tzniyas Just as far as this prohibition of cross-dressing, I consider it because now it's a female, it's no longer considered solely a male garment. If you live in Egypt or uh, Pakistan, Iran or whatever, those countries, Afghanistan, you're good, it's a still a problem. If you're female, you couldn't wear pants. But if you live in, in Western society where it's no longer considered a male garment, so it's not an issue. Okay? Um, if you live in Scotland and you're a guy and you want to wear a, a kilt, it's not a problem because it's a male garment in Scotland. If you're going to wear a kilt in Houston, sides you probably get uh, beat up on the subway. But, uh, but I'm saying, it's a problem, meaning that won't be a biblical violation. So, so dressing as the opposite gender, specifically, surely with the intention of posing as the opposite gender, which is really what they're doing, and going like to, so that would be a problem. So again, if it's something that's today, you know, today there are many males aware that type of jewelry, so if it's done in society, where do you draw the line? I mean, there could be gray areas, I don't know. But, but the point is putting for a guy to put on high heels and try to use the female restroom, the... the Women rights, that would be a problem because of this issue of the Yobash Kev Okay, so meaning, so it's a biblical violation even without the surgery. We're saying it's posing as a member of the opposite gender would be a problem, halacha. Okay, surely if that's your intention, you know, for sure. So, so that's a problem, that's a major problem. We're talking about biblical again. Um, and like I said, just to show you a series, that's the Talmud says. Um, I, had a, I had a sister in law who she said when she was in Israel, the, her seminary, they wouldn't take her to go shooting. They wouldn't let her go shooting. It's, uh, it's prohibited. You know, it's because they've still viewed it as a, it's, you know, the Shokhanach brings it as a male. But, but like I said, it's subjective, so you have to know. Like, even, though, even though with the military, the women in the military? Yes, yeah, so I'm saying. The question is, so, because the problem is, it's one, it's not like on the list when the Shokhanach discusses this law, it mentions that. Same thing like today, I came over there in Moscow a few weeks ago, I was giving a class on this topic, and I, Spoke to Mel, can you ripping out white hairs or like shaving? You know, today you go to the gym and males don't have any hair. <laughs> yeah. So it used to be, let's say, shaving uh, your underarms yeah. and pubic hair would be a violation of this law. It's the same thing, it's a, it was a female act. No one did it when we in our days. Yeah. Right? You went to, you came to the gym and shaved, like, they kick you out. <laughs> yeah. right? Today, if you come with hair, it's actually coming back. Right? By the way, that, that, uh, it's now coming back in yeah. here. Male, no, even uh, in other areas. Men and men are stopping the shades. Yeah, so, back in. so, uh, so, but the point is, so, so it's, right, so the pet meaning, so, let's say, the, 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 one of the things, the Gemara says very clearly, is taking, pulling out a white hair amongst black hairs. It's a prohibition of this, of this halacha, of, it's a female act. Men don't do that, men don't care, you have white hair. Today, it clearly, yeah. it's different. So does that mean you can do it today? So it's not so simple. I mean, because it says it explicitly. So, you know, to change things that say explicitly is going to be a lot harder.
you know, no dying, many men died here today. So, again, it depends on society, which, where you live. You know, if you live in Bel Air, Mile, you know, it depends. Oh, I, but I guess, I mean, we're still down to the point of, not taking to the case of an 11-year-old kid, his parents are pushing him into whatever he wants to be, okay? But, if we're talking about, a, let's say, let's talk about an adult, and it's discovered that from a biological standpoint, hormonal, whatever, that there is an imbalance that doesn't match. So how do we classify it? Yes, we get that's the punchline. Yeah, I was going to ask for one year. So, so, so we're almost done. We've got six minutes. Um, so, so just uh, just another fascinating thing, which I wasn't planning on talking about, but just amazing that it blew me away. So I found Kabbalistic writings this guy sent me. Um, from the Benish Chai and, and others that talk about the concept of a of that a person can have, let's say, it could be in a male body, but it's his neshama will be a female neshama. Kabbalah talks about that. So it's, it's, it talks about that in, in uh, that it's possible, meaning neshamas are also male and female. Your soul. So it's possible you're born as a male, but your neshama is female, which really would fit with what these what these people are going through. Is it, is I'm really assuming a it's thing? a real thing. Yes. I mean, listen, I don't know Kabbalah, but Benish Chai talks about it. As a matter of fact, he says, and I wouldn't say this in public. I believe. He says like this. He says that that it's actually brought down in the Zohar as an onish. It's a punishment to someone who, who committed homosexuality in their lifetime is reincarnated as a female. So that means their soul is male. And, you know, it's God saying, listen, you want to act like a female? I mean, you want to... Homosexuality is what it is. It's, you're acting like a female. You're... you're you're becoming in in Kabbalah. It's very different between male. A a male is what's called a no a no saint, a giver. When you can stay the male parts is the giving parts, and female is a receiver. Okay, so so you know you you acted as a receiver. You're acting like female as a homosexuality. So you're reincarnated as a female. You want to be a female? Okay, we'll put you down and see how good you have it as a female. Right. So it's that's what the Benish Chai brings from the Zohar. It's a punishment. So that means you're coming back down with your same soul, your male soul, but you're trapped in a woman's body. That's your punishment. So what these, so I was thinking that these people are going through could be it's a real thing. Meaning they're suffering. This is their suffering. They're stuck. They really are male. But they're stuck in a woman's body. So it's a fast, very scary thing. <laughs> okay. So now, so the question is. So by the way, just as far as the science goes, before we get to the halacha. So there is most psychiatrists today, of course, we live in the PC society where they'll say it's a real thing. Meaning that the question really becomes, do we as a society have to come there? Of course, you know, less than 1% of society. Do we as a society have to conform to them or should they be conforming to society? It's always the issue. Now, there's such a small minority, it's ridiculous to say we have to conform to them. But even if it's a real thing, and many psychiatrists say it is a real issue, and people go through, are going through, they really have problems, and it's not just a, an imagined thing, but I found it, and I thought I had it here. I think I gave it to someone to read. It was an article in the Wall Street Journal, um, this is uh, less than a month ago, uh, by a psychiatrist from John Hopkins. Uh, yeah. uh, read it. So his thing is, he says, he compares, I forgot the wording he used, wrote it down. Need to repeat, need to repeat, he says, psychiatrist, uh, psychiatric disorder, he calls transgender. And he says it's what's called a disorder of assumption. Meaning, he, says, he compares it to this. He says, just like 
um, people anorexic. And they look themselves, why they anorexic? They, they puke up their food because they look themselves in the mirror and they, they see themselves as fat. They're assuming they're obese. Even though it's, it's wrong, but they see themselves in the mirror as, as too fat. So it's, that's what's called a psychiatric um, disorder of assumption. They're assuming they're but fat. They treat, but they won't treat this. Huh? Yeah, but so meaning, so he's saying it's not a sexual disorder. He's not a sexual um, disorder. disorder. He's saying is there's something in psychiatry is another thing. It's called right. a disorder of assumption. So they assume they're female. So he's saying right. then, so sex change is not going to help. But when someone has a disorder of assumption, you don't want to, you don't tell them yes, you are fat. That's basically what we're doing. We're giving them sex change. We're telling them, okay, have the surgery. You feel like a female, so let's do the surgery. So he's saying that's basically you're 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 killing them. Right. Because it's not helping their disorder. If someone has a disorder of assumption, you need to they need to be counseled to, to be convinced that they're not what they think they are. Okay, so that's the so. And he's not just he's a, this guy was the head of uh, of psychiatry, he, John Hopkins. He wrote, I think six months ago, nine months ago, he wrote an article. Same he, guy. I th- yeah. His name is McHugh. Paul yeah, McHugh. We need to. He references the study that John Hopkins did. Because they were the first hospital in the U.S. to do the sex change operations, so this doctor did research the ones that he did 20 years ago. They all want to change back. A lot of them very, most of them were unhappy that they did. Right. Well, they had this and thing. And it's not confirmed in not only his study because they'll say, "Oh, it's one such study." Sweden did their own study and came up with the same conclusion. Well, they make even any any doctor today will make someone who wants to have a surgery. It's called RLT, real life. Something where they you have to they won't do it unless you try it out for a year. Try out being a female for a year because they won't give you do the surgery until you have a real life uh, tryout. I don't know what the T stands for. Okay, RLT. Um, what it stands for. But uh, but basically they make you try it out because you know like buying a car. <laughs> you drive it off the lot. I want to drive it off the lot. You can't. There's no 30 day return. On. Okay, so so just to finish off. So the, so as far as um, so halacha. So first of all, it's two things. So this, this Tzitzeliezer says an unbelievable thing. I started saying before about the get. It's two Tzitzeliezer's true, true response. I'm written uh, 15, 20, or five years ago. Where he dis- one is he's discussing... The first case was a case of the get where he brings from the Benish Chai. I started saying before. I didn't finish. That this guy woke up one morning. His wife woke up one morning and she had male genitalia. So he passed and said she doesn't need a get. The Benish Chai's father... Uh, sorry, Yosef Palagi. Not the Benish Chai. Yosef Palagi passed him. That she doesn't need a get. The husband doesn't have to give her a get. Why? Married. He's saying they're not married. He said you can't be married to a male. So right. if she's male now, she's no longer they're no longer married. He brings his proof. It's fascinating proof. He, what's his proof? He says that this was actually discussed by Rishonim. Early authorities had a true response about Elio and Navi's wife. Because Elio and Navi, as we know, he went up in a chariot of fire. He went up to heaven. Became what's called a Malach Lakim. He never died. So the question was posed: Does his wife need a get? After Elio went up to heaven. Does his wife need to get to get remarried or not? You hear the question? You hear the question? Elio and Navi's wife. Does she need to get after he went up to heaven in the fiery chariot? So the so Sefer Truma, so Rishon discusses this. And he, he says she doesn't need to get because he's now, he's a Malach. He can't be married to an angel. He's currently an angel. He can't, she's no longer, she can't be married to an angel. So the angel doesn't, can't be married. So therefore she doesn't need to get. He, passes, so he says the same thing here. If one morning she wakes up and she's male, so they're no longer married. So she don't need to get. She could have married a really. She could have married a No, because she's. Yeah, she's. No. She would be. She can marry a No, I'm saying she's not. She doesn't need to get. She 
doesn't need. She, no, but she was married. Event. She wouldn't she go under like widowed or. Widow's fine. That's how, that's how I coined adult. It's a coin. Okay. Yeah, widow can marry coin. Okay. It's the divorcee can't. Right. Can't marry coin. God, all widow can't marry coin. Congo. Okay, so so. Why why can't I don't get it? What's the difference between widow and Cohen got all No no no, I'm saying with a Cohen. What's oh, the difference a Cohen and a widow and a widow and a divorcee? That's what Tara says. I can't. Widow can. I'm saying he's saying why. Tara doesn't give a reason. Tara doesn't give a reason. What's the? Tara doesn't give a reason. It's not like physically different. You should have listed that here. That's the husband, but that should be irrelevant for the woman. Oh, it's not a, I mean, but it's not a get. It's only if there's a get. No, no, it's not about the get. It's about oh, the other sex change. The boss Cohen, and now becomes a Ben Cohen. But <laughs> what happens? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's a Ben Cohen. Is he a Ben Cohen if he gets the plumbing? Is he? That's a question. I don't know. That's, that's what we're discussing. Fine, let's go. So that's what he says like this. So, so the Tzitzit has a, a he has a different response where he's discussing a child who was born with with only one testy, a boy. And he throws a boy, and then, and the doctors did the surgery and, and chopped it off. So says that says we can sit, and they gave the kid hormones, okay. hormonal treatment. Okay. Now female, listen to this. Okay. Says says that the, that the child is now 100%. We treat treat him like a female. Okay. Now the question is, so it seems he would he's the minority opinion, but he seemed to be implying that that child is considered female after having the surgery. Right. Um, so he says that, uh, so the question is, is it just specifically limited the case where there's a medical need or is it all children, all, anytime anyone has a surgery, even elective, many people argue that's not for elective surgeries. In either case, most posting today say, of course, the surgery does make a difference, as we started off saying. Plumbing is not going to change anything. Just because you're adding uh, or subtracting doesn't change what the person was born with. Whatever you were assigned with, that's halakhically your status. Um, according to most authorities today.